from the Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about the news and the issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce the uh, crew to you guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. Uh, we have all retired this evening, I believe, we'll, well, except for Chief John Newman. But we have Chief Newman. We have Captain Brett Bartlett, uh, Lieutenant Bob Kroll, Lieutenant Randy Sutton will be with us, Corporal David D. Gresta, and producer Will Stasser. So thanks, guys. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors. Uh, we have Motion DSP, Galls is back, Guardian Lines Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, TAC-Tote.com, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping make this show happen. Lieutenant Kroll, you're going to be talking again because uh, we're on uh, LawOfficer.com. Minneapolis reached a $600,000 settlement with Black Lives Matter protesters. Are you kidding me? So the city agreed to a settlement involving a dozen people who were allegedly injured during the protests and riots after the death of George Floyd back in 2020. So in a Wednesday press release, the Minnesota chapter of the ACLU, they announced that Minneapolis is going to pay $600,000 to be split among the 12 plaintiffs, meaning that they each will get $50,000. ACLU is one of three firms that got together with a class action suit on behalf of the demonstrators. And the case stems from two separate lawsuits that were consolidated. So the lawsuits had argued that Minneapolis police suppressed the First Amendment rights of protesters by unnecessary and excessive force, such as tear gas, rubber bullets, failing the issue commands to disperse before using force, uh, that kind of stuff. So according to the press release, the plaintiffs suffered injuries, including bruising from less lethal munitions. Now, the protesters, the people that are breaking the law, uh, lingering respiratory issues from tear gas and psychological trauma. Oh, my gosh, because uh, it's chilled their desire to protest in the future. God forbid. So anyhow, that's what we got with this one. Um, Guys, uh, comments on this? It's personal to me because I'm in the I'm in the actual article, but it it says that I would that it's solved. But uh, believe it or not, the city did not indemnify me. I had three lawsuits out of this one. That's the one. And, oh. and they're not uh, they're not they didn't indemnify me, so they're suing me individually in the police federation. And I don't have the paperwork signed and done. It says I'm out, but I'm not. The city is out. They're giving them each. These are your traditional bottom feeders, of course. Uh, it, they got injured with tear gas and and less lethal munitions during that mostly peaceful protest that destroyed 1,500 businesses and did a half a billion dollars in damage and burnt a police precinct to the ground, but that was mostly peaceful. Um, it, it, and the irony here is uh, one of them is a, a local activist, Nakima Levy-Armstrong, um, used to go by the, Nikim, the name Nakima, Nakima Levy Pounds, but her claim was that she had suffered tear gas and that prohibited her from doing her business of protesting, although she held a protest at my personal residence a month later that she, she led, and that didn't cut her off. So, Wow. Wow. But more to come. I want to talk about it when I'm, when I'm settled a lot of this if I am. All right. Commercial break. We'll be right back. Okay. So look, this is our last commercial break before the end of the show, but let's talk about syndication. So every Monday evening, seven o'clock Eastern time, we do our live show and we stream it to YouTube, to Facebook pages, to LinkedIn, also on Twitter. So those five, uh, five, areas that we stream it to. And then producer Will takes this 90 minute live show. He splits up in the five segments. He embeds videos and pictures of the good guys, the bad guys. And we put those on YouTube and on rumble Tuesday through Saturday. So the other, another, you know, uh, five days during the week. So six days a week, we have fresh content going up. 
And we're also on TV. So we're on Roku TV and also on Amazon Fire TV. So if you haven't checked those out yet, please do. In fact, the segments are up early on those TV channels. So if you don't want to wait for the segments, check out the TV. Um, also, we're on radio nationally syndicated and radio stations across the country. We just added three ones this week, and we're on 20 podcast platforms. And in February, I've already announced before, we're going to be producing the show out of the Boss Hog Radio Network in Florida. So more information about that coming up soon. Well, welcome back to the Roundtable Show. Uh, Lieutenant Crowley, you said you wanted to add some more um, some more information on that? or No, when the paperwork is said and done, this is going to be oh. interesting if I get settled. But let's revisit it if that happens. Okay, okay I'm with you. I'm with hey, you now. Hey, hey, Chip, just a note. I'm reading, when I was reading this on Law Officer, Minneapolis reaches 600. Right above it is, is an ad for the book, They're Lying. I don't know how if that's comes up because we've searched it before, but (laughs) there's an ad for the book. They're lying. Finally, the truth. Amazon bestseller, number one in law enforcement biographies. It's right above the the, the headline for that on law officer. So, okay, cool. That's my wife's book. And that comes up thanks to Travis Yates, who publishes law officer. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. A friend and he puts it up there and and, uh, he's been a big shot in the arm for that book. All right. Very good. So while we're talking about the book, I know Lieutenant Randy is getting ready to go, but uh, Lieutenant Kroll, please tell our listeners um, how they can you know check that book out. I know that I've got the uh, the Kindle version, which which I which I love. So. <laughs> go to the uh, the the lie all ran together, lowercase one word. The lieexposed.com. It's a book by my wife Liz Collin. They are lying. The media, the left, and the death of George Floyd. Uh, interviews with those involved. Yours truly, and uh, it has been a bestseller. It's going great. All right, thank you. Now, Lieutenant Randy, I got a bunch of listeners that are asking. You know, they need an address for you because they want to call fire rescue. They they thought a, there was like a, a fur ball coming up out of your throat a second ago, so they want to make sure you're okay. And we well, haven't seen the cat, so I don't know if you swallowed the cat. I don't know what's going on over there. I think I did swallow a little bit of that cat. I think you're right there. But hey, um, what I wanted to know, Bob, do you have any legal ability to file a countersuit against this these frivolous claims that are uh, being pursued against you um not not countersuit but we have asked for sanctions which means that there's going to be reimbursement for attorney's fees if they can't find it and the bottom line on this you guys is it's cowardly judges there is absolutely no evidence i wasn't even in the city of minneapolis during any of this occurring and the judges are too um uh, political and too coward-like to just release me out of this thing because they're afraid of fallout because my name attached to it. So it is that bad. There's not one shred of evidence that links me to any of this, yet they have not had the stones to drop me. Unbelievable. And the city and the city refuses to indemnify you. Of course they did, Randy, because it, because it's me, you know, <laughs> um, uh, fortunately I, I am indemnified by the Federation by our bylaws and stuff. So I'm covered there. Uh, but no, the city washed their hands right away and brought it and we lost the appeals on that, of course. So that's welcome sickening. to Minnesota guys. Sickening, man. You know, when this is over, I'd love to get the name of the judge and, and, uh, and uh, you know, on on a live show and, and get him out there. I see a thumbs up from Fred. Fred's going to be called and uh, and sending emails. But I would like to get that. If we got people dropping the ball, they need to be exposed, and 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 we're willing to do it on the show. So that would be a great opportunity for us. We'll do. 
Um, let's uh, let's talk about some air marshals. So lawofficer.com, uh, dozens of U.S. air marshals are balking at Biden's plan to send them to the southern border. You know, I heard about this uh, initially on the Dan Bongino show, but it appears imminent that U.S. air mar- marshals will balk at President Biden's order to leave their post aboard commercial airline flights and take up positions at the U.S. southern border, according to the president of the Air Marshal National Council. So the Federal Air Marshal Service, they previously asked marshals to volunteer to do 30-day stints at the southern border in order to assist the overwhelming flood of illegal, you know, immigrants that are coming in, and they wanted to help them help out U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. Uh, But last month, the Biden administration made the deployments mandatory, according to the Daily Wire. So as a result, dozens of marshals have vowed to disobey the order in protest. And this is according to President David Londo with the Air Marshal National Council. And he told this to the Washington Examiner. So Biden's order to redeploy air marshals to the southern border is expected to leave federal LEOs aboard commercial aircraft at one-eighth their normal coverage during U.S. flights. That's quite scary to me. Captain? Well, I understand completely because more terrorists are coming across the southern border than they're coming in by airplane these days. So, yeah, I'm on board with that. (laughs) Just have them sit down, have a nice drink and read a book and just keep an eye on the border because that's that's where the terrorists are coming from. Uh, Susan Branch, thanks. uh, Thanks for the donation, supporting the show. Appreciate it. Um, And uh, I don't know if you're a new listener or Susanna, Susanna Branch, but thank you very much. any other comments on this? I, uh, I tell you, um, what a cool gig that would be, but that's un- unless you have to go to the border. So the thing is, I, I, you know, they're talking, they might um, not comply with the order. <laughs> My union had on comply and do it. You don't want to take the chance of losing your job over something silly like this. Comply and let your, let your people fight it. Let your, let your union fight it for you later, but don't do uh, refuse to comply with an order and end up without a job as a result of it. But this is, this is how uh, terrible it is. Instead of the Biden administration, you know, how dare they ever reimplement some Trump border policies and secure the border? They can't admit that everything they've done since they've taken over at the border has been 100 percent wrong. And they're trying to mitigate things like this. But we, we touched on it last show last week on the, on the border crossing. It's out of control. Thanks. All right, moving along. Oh, I'm sorry, Randy, go ahead. I didn't see your mic open. Oh, I, I just want to say that, you know, things have got to be desperate. If um, someone of that rank is willing to come out publicly and say, this is wrong, this is what's happening, uh, this is a desperate move by, uh, by that individual because they are so frustrated with what is taking place. And, and common sense has no bearing any longer. This is nothing but political theater. Thanks. All right. Well, guys, um, I, I did want to point out that last week, you know, I put our or stories on Facebook, uh, typically. So when I put these stories from last week on, remember we talked about the world premiere of Died Suddenly, and when I put it on Facebook, I start getting all these things. Before it lets me even post it, it says, hey, before you share this content, you might want to know there's additional reporting from lead stories, AFP Canada, science feedback. These are all supposedly fact checkers saying that the stuff, uh, the, the down, downside effects of getting the COVID-19 vaccine, that it's all... It's just all a bunch of BS, basically. And so they're giving me these warning signs before I post it. So, uh, yeah, David. So, uh, yeah, these fact checkers. It, it's just amazing. You've got uh, the guys that are top of the game in the industry with disease and infectious diseases and stuff. And they're and they're challenging the, the information that's coming down the pipe. But uh, moving along here, let's see our 
Let's go ahead and cover this uh, next one that's on Rumble. This is Butter. Police fatally shoot a driver as he backs over a man pulled from his car outside a, a, Costa, a Costa Mesa Hotel, Mesa Hotel. They shoot this motorist. He begins reversing his car over a man who had actually been taken out of the car. I think it was handcuffed sitting beside the car and the rear wheel is going to go over him. The shooting happens at 1030 uh, in the morning outside of La Quinta Inn and the officers on patrol for unknown, unknown reasons. They come in contact with three occupants. They pull them out. There's a woman, a man, and they place the guy in handcuffs on the ground behind the car. Third person in the driver's seat begins driving toward the officers, at which point one officer opened fires. And uh, the guy that's getting run over, he's in handcuffs behind the vehicle. And uh, they say he was not seriously injured, uh, but the driver drops and stops when he gets shot. And they try to revive him. And uh, apparently uh, he succumbed to his injuries when he went to the hospital. But comments on that video, we got a little less than two minutes. Oh, no, Con, that was a pretty I, cool video. I, I think, you know, this is one of those deals where you, you don't want a Monday morning quarterback, but my two cents, you get these guys out of this car. There, it's a car full of druggies. Get them out, get them away from their vehicles, separated, secure them in the back of yours, or at least handcuffed and out of the curb and out of the way. But they just, they let it seem to play out so long. Uh, it didn't have to go down that way if they would establish control and taking control right away rather than play this out and give the other. Why should a guy be behind the wheel when two others are outside the car in handcuffs? It just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, Bobby. It, it, I mean, the the obviousness, and, and we all play it. We've all played it, I don't know how many times. I mean, the, the priority is to secure a vehicle like that from moving. And the way that you do that is to get the driver out, first and foremost. That's to, you know, to control him and the vehicle and or block the vehicle in, one or the others. No, they're not blocking the vehicle in. They're They're in the midst of removing people from the car, your priorities have got to be the driver. And he was the last one to be taken out of the car. And then they set that poor guy down behind the car in handcuffs. And the, the driver decides he's going to leave and back starts backing up. And the guy realizes he's about to get run over. And he starts rolling around on the ground with his hands behind his back. And he was doing a masterful job of, he looked like he was in some sort of a wrestling match or a BJJ match or something, just scrambling on the ground with his arms behind his back, trying to get out from underneath the car. And he got caught a couple times on his hands and his feet. I was just, oh, my goodness. You could see the cops not knowing what to do with their guns. Do I shoot the driver or not? It was. Well, I, I think it's great for the guy on the ground because when he goes to apply for a police job and they go, do you got any prior experience? Yeah, it was a stop stick. Wow. All right. That was good. All right. Didn't even have time to cover the uh, the grandson and the grandfather. Stop, stop, stop. 
that little stabbing shooting thing and then of course the get the guy in the motorcycle video five of the 60 excuse me oh, oh crashing into a jeep crashing into another vehicle here and and wiping him out off the road he just took out another vehicle rammed into him heavy damage i hope that person's okay up on the curb and now he's trying look at this again ramming into more cars and trucks Head on, head on, head on. Unbelievable. Head on with another car. And the, here comes, the, here comes uh, uh, not even a pit maneuver, but they rammed into him from behind into a gas station. Folks getting gas at the corner of Gale and Hacienda into a gas pump. And now he's going to try and get out probably. But he, no, he's going to put it out in reverse. Back in reverse towards that deputy. Look at this. Ramming into the front end. They're shooting. They're shooting at him. They're higher though. There's a, the vehicle's on fire. The vehicle's on fire, and that's going to require the fire department. They're going to have to pull him out. Absolutely. They're going to have to is being employed, ramming the driver's side window, and now getting a much clearer view. What in the world? Wow. Sitting at, waiting to make that turn, I know. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. Thank you to our panel for uh, being here. Excellent commentary, guys. Also, shout out to our sponsors, Emotion DSP, Galls, they're back. Guardian Lines Technologies, gunlearn.com, mymedicare.live, tac-tote.com. Also, Bang Energy, we got some new product coming this week on Thursday, I believe. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.